Hey guys, welcome to the Lonnie Swain Show podcast where I share my journey and invite others to share theirs. I'm your host, Lonnie Swain, media personality and social influencer. I'm on Instagram at Lonnie Swain, L-O-N-I-S-W-A-I-N. And the podcast is on Instagram at Lonnie Swain Show. All right, we've crossed the seven seas. We've climbed mountains to get to this moment. And finally, we are here together, Ayana Angel and myself, Lonnie Swain. Thank you so much <laughs> for your patience in getting this recording together. Y'all just don't know. One day we're going to share the story behind the story. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but now we are just going to get into it. I have been a fan of this woman's podcast, Switch, Pivot, or Quit. Subscribe today if you have not already. If you haven't checked it out, please do so. It will be a game changer for you and your life. She calls herself the chief encourager, and she has truly been that to me without even knowing it just from listening to the podcast. So I appreciate all that you do. Ayana Angel, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much. Thanks for the love and for your kind words. And I'm glad to be here. I'm excited for this interview. Yes, all truth. Now, (laughs) if someone does not know about Switch, Pivot, or Quit, the podcast, can you give us a little background on what that's about? Sure. So Switch, Pivot, or Quit, the podcast is all about women sharing their stories in the hopes of inspiring and encouraging other women. So I realized in making my own Switch, Pivot, or Quit that a lot of times when you get to a point in your career where you feel like you've checked all the boxes, you've done everything that's been expected of you, uh, but you still feel this feeling like it's not enough, you want more, you want change, you don't quite know what it is, you start to feel like like um, a little bit stuck and a little bit like, who do I talk to? Where do I go to sort of like sort out these feelings? And I wanted this podcast to be an, an, an op- to open up the conversation really for women that are in this position, in this situation of transition, but they don't exactly know where to turn because maybe their friends are not exactly in the same space that they're in. And, you know, maybe you have that girlfriend that's like, you guys are at dinner and she's like, oh, I just got a promotion. I love my job. I love the management. Everything is just peachy. And you're Mm -hmm. sitting there thinking, well, not me, you know, and you don't want to (laughs) be the Debbie Downer in the group, but at the Mm -hmm. same time, you might not be in the same space. So the Switch, Pivot, or Quit podcast exists because I know what it's like. I've been there. I made a career transition myself. I went from being a traditional, um, I'm sorry, I went from being a publicist, a sports Mm -hmm. entertainment publicist to being a traditionally published author and then ultimately hosting this podcast. So I know what it's like. I know the conversations that you have internally and externally. And I want this podcast to serve as sort of like a... um, a guide and an assist in the process that I know that a lot of us are going through and trying to just figure it all out. And now three very different and unique career changes. So from Mm -hmm. a publicist to an author, how was that transition for you? How did that come about? Oh, gosh. So that transition came about because I just got to a point where after working in sports entertainment for about six years at the NBA and just entertainment period since I had graduated um, from college, I said, you know what? Like, there has to be more. I just started feeling this feeling like this isn't it. I don't know what else 
the universe, God, whatever has lined up for me, but I know that this isn't it. I did not feel like I was reaching my full potential and I felt like my creativity was a bit stifled. And I really started to feel that way when I started a side hustle. I had this jewelry business that I co-created and we had some good traction. Uh, We had a awesome PR person. And he uh, got our jewelry on everybody from Beyonce and Solange and Amber Rose. And and it was in Vogue Italian magazine. Like it was just everywhere. Nylon magazine. Purvis Ross is his name. And he did wonders for that brand. That is great PR. Yeah. Awesome PR. (laughs) If you are in need of accessories PR, you should look him up. He's based out of New York. Um, But The problem was I started to realize that I enjoyed that work so much and I didn't mind staying up until two and three in the morning and then getting up and going to work the next day because I really loved what I was doing when Mm -hmm. I was creating this jewelry and when I was going to fashion shows and working with magazine editors and things like that. I loved it. So I started to realize that I had more to offer And I just needed to figure out what that looked like. And that's how I started to tap into and started to really discover myself and figure out what do I like. And I started to go back to the basics. Now, in between that, I took a bunch of classes and things like that. But when I went back to the basics, I found that writing was something I had always been good at. And that had always gotten like commentary about people were always like, oh, can you write this for me? Or how would you say this? Because you you say things, you put things together so good. You put your words together so well. So I then said, okay, maybe I should revisit this book idea because when I first moved to New York, I had an idea to write a book. I just didn't exactly know what the storyline would be. So I started to revisit that idea and really delve into and research the world of publishing. And uh, that's when I really started to go full steam. And I said, look, either you're going to do this or not. And I decided to actually do it. And it took me about nine months to write the book and about four months after quitting my job at the MBA, I ended up getting a traditional book publishing deal. So it all worked out, but I can't say that everybody's story and situation will be the same, but that was just my story. That's what I can tell you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so what was that four month period like when you were waiting on that deal? Hustle. Mm-hmm. It was hustle. It was still like, I didn't know that this deal was coming. I didn't know it was going to happen. And the way that things sort of took shape was, uh, I told a coworker friend of mine about my ambitions to write this book. She then told me about a, a, a writing boot camp, and the writing boot camp was in Maryland. And I was in Miami on the road for finals at the time. So uh, it was like, it felt like I was just tired even thinking about managing to get my way there. So that meant I had to get back to New York after being on the road for a few weeks. Then I had to make my way to DC, which I did. I caught the bus to DC, rented a car, um, drove to Maryland in some little small town where this boot camp was. Now, let me be clear. I was only going to this boot camp because it was hosted and taught by Zane, the New York Times bestselling author. I, I wasn't just going to any writing boot camp. Right. Writing boot camp. And mm-hmm. I had already taken writing classes in the city at like Gotham's writer 
writer's workshop and different things like that. So I had taken classes. This wasn't my first class, but I mm-hmm. felt like if she's a New York Times bestselling author and she's teaching a boot camp, I need to be there. If it's accessible for me in any way, shape, or form, I need to be there. So Mm -hmm. I made my way there, and this was before I quit my job. So I wanted to make sure that I was willing to do everything I needed to do to make this happen. And that was sort of like a test for myself. Like, if you can go out of your way to attend this boot camp, you might have what it takes to do what needs to be done to get this right. writing deal. So that four months after um, after I actually ended up quitting, and I did not quit until I had my manuscript fully finished and ready. And that four months was a bit... Um, it was a bit interesting because I was researching my butt off. I was sending query letters to agents, to literary agents. And I was also getting responses. And that same trip in Miami, I got a response back from a literary agent. And he basically said, you're, I like the story. I like the storyline. Um, I love it all. But, uh, and I had, he had requested the first three chapters and I had sent it to him and he said, but the way that the story is right now, I can't exactly send it and shop it to any of my editors. It's not ready. And he didn't go into any more detail, but, and I was crushed. My ego was crushed. My feelings were hurt. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, Mm -hmm. but what I realized that he was saying was you need this polished. Yeah. And I knew I wasn't a professional writer, so mm-hmm. I needed I needed an editor's touch and that's what I ended up doing. So by the time I went to that writing boot camp, I was having that that work edited at that point. Mm-hmm. And 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 I knew that. And so I talked to the publishing director while I was there and I told her I'm not ready now, but when I'm ready, can I send you my manuscript? And she mm-hmm. said, "Yeah." And I just kept in touch. So I knew that that wasn't a for sure thing, but I knew it was an option, but I still yeah. kept going in those 4 months and I still kept soliciting my stuff to other people, to other publishers, to um to agents, everything. Like it was hustle. That 4 months mm-hmm. was hustle. Mm-hmm. And when I finally got the offer and had that conversation it happened so fast that I honestly was a little numb and didn't really know what was happening you know what I mean like I knew what I wanted to happen but because it was happening I was like wait what right (laughs) yeah that uh, meme on Instagram it's like you ever sit back and realize that you have everything everything that you prayed for is here now Mm -hmm. you know or or just kind of like it's surreal right you know it's kind of like it takes a minute for it to sink in because you so often focus on you know all the goals that you have yet to achieve and that you're you're grinding for and you're working for it and then when it gets here then it's kind of like oh okay what now right (laughs) right yeah here it is yeah that's so Um, true and I love you know what you said about getting that feedback you know that it was crushing that your feelings were hurt but I appreciate that you still, despite your feelings about it, you took it into consideration Mm -hmm. to say like, hey, this is still some valuable feedback. And even though it's not exactly what I wanted to hear, it's constructive criticism. And what can I, how can I use this to get better and and make this better? And doing just that got you where you wanted to be. Exactly. 
published. Exactly. And that's something that I would encourage everybody listening to do. Look, not everybody's going to like everything that you do create and put out, especially not the first time out. When you are a novice at something and you have never done it before, that's why I hate when people talk about perfection. How can you be a perfectionist at something you've never done before? You have to make some missteps. You have to get some feedback. You need people to be critical of you sometimes so that you can get better and you can really understand what you're trying to do and you can be the best at it. So then you can expect a level of perfection from yourself, you know? But for me to sit there and wallow in that sorrow and let that sort of like take me down, like, oh my gosh, this literary agent did not like it. My career Mm -hmm. is over before it even got started. No, (laughs) that would have been silly of me because how can I expect, you know what it was? It was bold of me to reach out to these agents with work that Mm -hmm. had not been edited before. So Mm -hmm. I had to see that for what it was. And that was my naivete being like, okay, my work is just that good. I'm just going to reach out to these people. They're going to love it. And there goes my book deal, you know, Mm -hmm. but a part of you, sometimes it is good when you're naive. Cause I, you know, I said this thing and I realized that some people that walk around completely oblivious, they are winning. You know why? Because people telling them no, or people overlooking them, or people, you know, doing things not in their favor, it doesn't phase them. So many of us get all in our feelings and we get hurt about it and we're just down and we let it make us depressed and everything. But people that are are oblivious and walk around oblivious, they barely even know what happened. Mm-hmm. And they yeah. just keep going, you know? So sometimes you, it, it, it might be good to take on that spirit. But for me, I just said, you know what? I, w- I let myself live in that disappointment for a minute. And then I was like, what you going to do? You going to keep right. going or you going to let this stop you? Right. I, I just, I knew that I believed in myself enough to keep going. And it reminds me of a conversation I was just having yesterday with someone about that boldness and that fearlessness is what's necessary oftentimes to execute because there are so many people who have a a burning desire and a passion to do something, but they have so much self-doubt and so much fear like, oh, I'm a novice. I can't send this to anybody. Oh, I can't do this. Oh, I'm not ready yet. Oh, it's not perfect. Oh, it's not this. And guess what? 20 years pass by and they've never sent it to anybody Mm because they're waiting on that perfection and so it's a beautiful thing when you can have the courage to say you know I'm a novice but I'm gonna send this to somebody you know right. or send this to several people and and see what happens because you don't know you know the answer is always no if you don't try you yeah know? and you don't you don't know what the response might be the response might be overwhelmingly good but at right. the same time too it's like at a certain point you have to say to yourself, what's the worst that can happen? Right. What's the worst that can happen? Mm -hmm. If you're looking for a book deal or if you're looking for a record deal or or any other kind of deal, well, you don't have it already, right? So the worst that can happen is they tell you no and you still walk away not having it. Right. But maybe you learn something. Maybe they give you some quality feedback. Sometimes what you need is a little feedback and a little perspective and a little reality for somebody to say to you, hey, you're going on the right path, but maybe you should try this. Or right. sometimes they might tell you, 
I might not be the right person for you to talk to or connect with, but I know somebody who is because I see your hustle. I see that you're trying. So sometimes you just got to get out there and you got to take a chance because you never know. And like you said, you don't want to look up five years from now and somebody might be doing the exact same thing that you thought about because you didn't pull the trigger though. They're sitting there living in their glory and reaping all the rewards and the benefits and you're sitting there like, I that thought about doing idea, that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, nobody cares. Nobody yeah. cares about an idea. Ideas are dime a dozen. But action and execution, that's yes. what counts. Yeah. This was literally the conversation I was having just yesterday. And it's it's literally that. Because right now, while we're talking, there are plenty of people, a million people talking, having conversations about ideas. No yeah. idea is original. There's right. nothing new under the sun. It's just all about who executes it, you know, the best, Yeah, that idea, yeah. you know? So if you are sitting on an idea right now and you listening to this, put that thing into action, start executing that plan, mm-hmm. you know, 2018, make this your year of manifestation and yeah. do it. Yeah, exactly. For sure. Make it happen. Because, and don't be discouraged by looking around and seeing that somebody else has started doing something in the same space that you're, you were thinking about or their idea is close to yours. So you feel like, oh, I can't do it now. Because remember that before there was Uber, there was another company. I don't even know the name. None of us know the name of it. But guess what? They came before Uber. But did that stop Uber? No. Uber just said, we have to do it better. We have to have a better marketing plan, a stronger marketing plan. We have to be creative. We have to go grassroots. Like, I remember when Uber first started, I was living in New York and my cousin was living in LA and they had done like this big push for fashion week in LA. And I hadn't even heard of Uber. So when she came to the city, we were looking to get a cab and she's like, I wonder if we can get an Uber. And I was like, well, what is that? But (laughs) it was because they did a really good job of grassroots and they concentrated on certain markets first that Mm -hmm. they were able to organically grow. So by the time they came to a city like New York, all of people in New York, their friends from LA had already been mentioning Uber. And so we were just waiting with bated breath, like Uber, when are you going to get here? You know, (laughs) so it's Uh just about your execution and not being discouraged by seeing that other people are maybe doing something similar to what you've done. You can still get out there and do it better. Nobody is you. So Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a word right there. (laughs) Now, once you got into the writing space and became a published author, preseason love, I I would be willing to bet that some of your experience at the NBA inspired that title and the theme. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all works of fiction are inspired by real life (laughs) events and things that happen. I I feel like every writer has to draw from their experiences to some degree. How did you feel once you got into that space and was it what you thought you had been missing? You know, I felt really good and I felt accomplished and I, because obviously this was my goal. I set out to do this. When people would mention self-publishing to me, I was like, uh, not I. I mean, <laughs> I'm only going to self-publish if every major publisher tells me no, because this is my goal. I'm coming into this, this space as a newbie, as an unknown. So I want to come in with a traditional book under my belt and then I'll do self-publishing. Uh, so it felt really good. I felt accomplished. Um, it w- I did a book tour 
And that was amazing. The love and support from friends and family and people that I didn't even know. Um, it was it was great and it was overwhelming. But I will say that my uh, the reality set in about a year into the process because my first, let's say six to nine months, it was all about promoting the book, book tour, all of that stuff, which are all things that I did on my own. I had a harsh reality when I realized that even though I was being traditionally published, publishers really only push books and do big tours and things like that for their celebrity authors. Now, a celebrity author could be someone that actually has celebrity status in another capacity before they become an author, or it can mean someone who has like tons of books under their belt. They're a New York Times bestselling author and whatnot, things of that nature. So I realized quickly that I wasn't really going to get as much support as I thought I would from the publisher. So there was a lot that I had to do on my own. So that was a reality check for me. So I felt like, um, I felt like I was on this constant go, go, go mode because I had to promote and I had to do things in a timely fashion. So for me, uh, the experience was good. It was fun. It was exciting. Um, and it was also a reality check too. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was also like, okay, don't have to do this again. Yeah, you know, I, and, and a lot of people, because the way the book sort of ended, a lot of people were like, I want more. Um, mm-hmm. And for the longest, I was saying, oh, I'm going to write a part two. I'm going to write a part two. And I started writing a part two. But something in my spirit just did not feel like finishing it at that point. And mm-hmm. I started to be called in other areas. And my creativity led me in other directions. And I said, you know what? At a certain point, you have to work and operate in what's in a space that's in alignment with you and what feels true. Um, And I didn't want to force myself to write a book just because I told people that I would write another book. Uh, Maybe I will one day, but not today, not tomorrow, not right now. That's not the space I'm in. So Mm -hmm. what brought you to the podcast? Was it at that moment that you started feeling led towards that? No, it was it was before that, because to promote my writing, I started a blog called Life According to Her. And uh, and that was just a way for me to set the stage for myself before the book was actually published. And this is before I even had a publishing deal. I was just planning. ahead. Mm -hmm. So with that blog, I wanted to be conversations that you have with your girlfriends, things that you talk about, um, things that I knew I was talking about with my girlfriends all the time, dating, relationships, career all that good stuff, life. So um, that blog ended up taking on a a, a slight shift itself. And I pivoted and started talking more about, and I created an Instagram account. And I started talking more about women's empowerment and women supporting women because I started to notice during my journey, I started to notice that there was a lack of organic support amongst women. It's like, um, I'm only going to do something for you if, I'm going to get something in return. Like what's in it for me? And I just felt like that was gross and that wasn't how I operated and it wasn't how my friends and I operated. So I wanted to be a part of the conversation changing and saying, hey, women can support women organically. We do support women organically. And if you're surrounded by people that are nasty and haters and all of this other stuff, then maybe you need to find some new friends and maybe I need to create a space that feels comfortable for women to feel like they can organically support each other. So that's how I started in the direction of life according to her. And then the evolution came with the podcast because the Instagram account and 
the blog just weren't enough for me. And I realized I wasn't like a hardcore blogger. I just wasn't into that. So I needed another way to sort of wrangle all the conversations that were being had and to distribute information and further the larger conversation of women's empowerment. And so that's how the podcast sort of started to take shape. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And I love women's empowerment and, and the whole motivation behind it. And I think what's even more powerful is when I listen to episodes of your podcast and as I've you know, gotten more active with doing my own podcast, so many women share similar stories as far as like career changes and switches and pivots. And, Mm -hmm. you know, just that you start off on this one journey, thinking you have this set destination. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's like, once you get there, it's kind of like, okay, this isn't it. Um, right. now, now what next? And, you know, so I really appreciate having that community to share, you know, stories and, and things like that. And one of the things I say with my podcast is that you realize in listening to this podcast, you'll learn that everybody has to go through something to get somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am curious to know in all of your podcasting experience, which switch, pivot, or quit story aside from your own has been most inspiring or one that you think of often like, dang, that was a a crazy transition. Like how she did that, how she pulled that off. Mm. You know, I think I'd have to say, um, Andromeda of Women by Choice, her story was very inspiring. She ended up at toward the end of the interview. uh, She gave us a really candid insight and look into what was happening behind the scenes for her. Uh So Andromeda runs the Women by Choice account. And when you look at Women by Choice, you see empowerment. Um, She's on Instagram and um, her Instagram account is like ridiculous. She has celebrities following her and all of this stuff. And she always delivers all of these uplifting and empowering messages. Mm -hmm. But what she ended up sharing was that her and her husband relocated and in the midst of them relocating, she, they made a decision that she was going to pursue women by choice full time. And she went from an accounting background. So she wasn't going to go back to work and she was going to do this full time. Well, after they made that decision, um, her husband shortly after ended up getting laid off from his job. So he was supposed to be the sole breadwinner supporting her in this dream and everything. Right. Mm -hmm. And she was going to do this full time. And then he comes up without a job. Mm -hmm. So they went through a really rough period where they had to move in with family, family members. They had to scale back on everything. So she went from having a smartphone to having, let's say a dumb phone. (laughs) She had an old school phone. (laughs) We all used to have where she couldn't, she could no longer create her graphics on her phone and on the go and things like that. So she had a really big um, sort of like shift that happened in her life. And she would be at, she was telling us how she would be at 
the um, the Starbucks and things like that, working on her business and just still believing and staying faithful that things were going to work out and she was doing the right thing and she was on the right path. And there were so many times where I'm sure she had the temptation to just go back out there and get her an accounting job and call mm-hmm. it that, you know, mm-hmm. and, and help support the family. Yeah. Uh, but she just kept, she stayed the course and she stayed her journey and I think the thing that really touched me is that I'm pretty sure that I knew her at this time because her and I have been following each other on Instagram and engaging for a number of years now. And this wasn't that, that long ago. And she said, no matter what, she still kept the outward face of everything that she was putting out digitally and online. She still kept it consistent. And I think that that's a testament to a strong person. And that takes a lot because so much, so many of us that operate in the women's empowerment space and we're encouraging and inspiring and empowering other people, we give so much on a regular basis. But when you're really going through some hard and some trying and challenging times, it takes and requires that much more of you to give to other people because some days you probably just feel like you don't have it. You need somebody to give it to you. And so the fact that she was sharing her story with us, that there were times where she was giving to other people outwardly facing, but she needed somebody to pour into her. She was going through her own struggles. That was, that made an impression on me. And I would, and I just, Mm -hmm. I commend her so much. And she's, she's an amazing woman just in her spirit and her energy. So her story really touched me. I love that. I wasn't familiar with her or her story, but while we were talking, I went and followed her on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yes. <laughs> and, and so, you know, hearing stories like that and, you know, just thinking about how not only does social media connect so many people and podcasts and things like that. And just being able to share these stories, how do you hope to continue to connect people in these ways? Mm, That's a good question. For me, I realized that podcasting is my thing. I realized I'm a talker. Now I know you have a radio broadcast background and everything. And the funny thing is I never looked at someone like you and said, I want to do that. Never. Uh It never crossed my mind. But now that I've entered this podcasting space, I realize what, um, what some of my strengths are and what I enjoy. And I think that's the funny thing circling back to leaving corporate for me. And let me make this clear for everybody. I did not leave my corporate job with the intentions of being an entrepreneur. Maybe that was my naivete once again. I was just leaving a situation that I did not want to be in anymore. And I was looking for my next adventure, my next venture, my next thing to do. So for me, it's like with podcasting, it gave me and it showed me a way that I probably would have never come up with had I stayed in corporate America. Mm-hmm. So for me, I want to be able to continue having the conversations that some people shy away from and don't necessarily want to have for, I want to continue to inspire other people. I want to continue to share stories. Um, I'm a creative at heart. So 
continuing to share stories could eventually mean turning preseason love into a movie or a Netflix series or something like that. But for me, I know that I need to continue to have my voice heard and to have the voices of other people heard through the platforms that I can create and impact. So that's sort of why I see things going for myself. I see uh, a lot more, um, engagement with the just the community at large, um, whether it be women's empowerment community, uh, black women as a community. I just see I see a lot of um, conversations, let's say. And uh, and I and I don't know exactly what my future holds. I'm I'm also, you know, when you sit down and you write down your goals and your things that you want to achieve. Sure, I have some of those things. But largely I'm open to because some, like I said, when I left my job, I could not have foreseen sitting here, being here, doing this, being a podcaster. So I'm open to the possibilities of the universe because I feel like everything happens for a reason and I don't know what's going to happen next, but I'm game, you know? (laughs) And the interesting thing, like how you said, you know, my background is in radio. You never looked at a radio personality. was like, I want to do that job. Doing podcasting and radio, what I realized, it's totally different. First of all, radio, mm-hmm. they, they ain't letting you talk this long. It's right, like, it's like, right. You can't just sit here and run your mouth. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. No. And on top of that, you know, to me and why I love podcasting so much more and just this whole format is that, it really allows for genuine connection mm-hmm. and you can just go wherever the conversation takes you. It's not, you know, a set agenda of we have these uh, salacious things to talk about. I want right. to know who you're dating and why you broke up with the last person. You know, it's right. not about that. And so it's truly your own format. You know, mm-hmm. it's like whatever you want to talk about. If we want to talk about your love for pickles and apples right now, you know, <laughs> we could go there. You know? Right, right, and right. I think that it's just such a unique and beautiful thing how the world has evolved. And what I talk to people about that's so interesting and intriguing to me is that, you know, when we were growing up, it's like, okay, you know, what are you going to be? A teacher, a mm-hmm. doctor, a lawyer. And it was this set, you know, list of things that you had to choose from and now people are literally creating their own lights oh for sure like who would have ever thought that podcasting would be a career you know and that's where I think it is so important to stay open like you mentioned because you know I believe that there are jobs that I would love doing that I don't even know exists that might not have been created yet. You know, it might be something that, you know, we have to create our own kind of lane and figure out, you know, it's just about once you figure out what you enjoy doing, figuring Mm -hmm. out how to monetize it. Yeah. And you know what? You're so right because social media, it has its positives and its negatives. But one of the positives is that it's opened up worlds and opportunities uh, for people to do things that they would not have ventured into otherwise, whether it be because they didn't know it existed or because it truly didn't exist. You know, you have social media managers. That is now a job. 10 years ago, that was not a job. That was not a career field. That was not something you could have chosen. Even with podcasting, like you mentioned, I've had people reach out to me now. They're podcast bookers. They book people to be on podcasts. That's a job. 
it's a job. It's a job. Wow. They have, they, they go out and recruit clients. So people that want to have more speaking opportunities um, and podcasting is one of the opportunities. So they, they take these people on as clients. These people pay them a fee per booking. So if they wow. book, if they book a client on your show, that client pays them a fee to have booked them on your show. So that is now a job. I seen it in real life with my own eyes in my inbox. I was like, so, and I said to her, I was like, so this is a job now? And she's yeah. like, yeah, I do it for quite a few people. I was like, wow. So wow. It's like niche PR. Exactly. It really <laughs> is. And even, even going a step further, PR, that is whole game has changed and the responsibilities within that job has changed now as a result of social media before you were helping to craft someone's image in a certain way with traditional media now i'm sure i'm not doing pr currently so i I can't say for for sure but i can say i'm almost sure i'm willing to bet some money that pr people publicists are now in charge of monitoring or if not running some of their clients' social media accounts and things of that nature, they're probably also charged with getting them on podcasts and things like that. Whereas before it was all about getting them on a radio interview. So yeah, our world is changing and evolving. And if you want to find your footing in it, you need to be open and your, your mindset has to be such that like anything is a possibility and I need to pay attention to what's going on around me so that I can capitalize on, like you said, the skill sets that I have that could be fitting that somebody might need. Yes, absolutely. For you personally, do you have a process of knowing, okay, it's time to pivot, time to quit, it's time to switch? <laughs> um, I, that, I would say knowing when to switch, pivot, or quit is absolutely a personal thing. But a part of that comes with knowing and getting to know and understanding yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you get to know and understand yourself, you understand your strengths and your weaknesses, and you truly would benefit from doing a SWOT analysis for yourself, you know, and figuring out what do I do really well? And if you're having a hard time figuring out what do I do really well, start asking some people, do a quick little survey, ask the people that, you know, will be genuine with you that care about you that are maybe career oriented types of people. Cause they'll get it when you ask a question like, Hey, what do you think I'm good at? Where do you think some of my strengths are? You know, now you don't need to sit up there and ask them about your weaknesses. Maybe you ask your partner or somebody close that you won't really get too mad at, but, um, but don't solicit your weaknesses from the world, but definitely ask people about your strengths because I think sometimes we have hidden strengths that we don't even know exist in us because we overlook them because it's so easy to do. Sometimes the things that, and we've all heard this before, but I'll say it for you again. Sometimes the things that come easiest to us and that are so natural for us, those are strengths and talents that we overlook because it's so easy because it's so natural. So tap into those things. And one of the things that I did was I took classes. Like I mentioned before, I started really trying to venture out and find out where my interests lie and where my strengths lie. So just to wrap it all up for you guys, I think the main thing is to be open with understanding yourself to explore your options, your likes and dislikes. Um, And, you know, you're never too old to do an internship. 
or an apprenticeship, whatever you might want to call it, but just start involving yourself in some things to see what could work for you. And don't be disappointed and discouraged if something that you thought would work or that you mm-hmm. thought really liked doesn't actually appeal to you. Because yes. that's that's the growth too. That's understanding. Mm-hmm. When you yeah. get into something and you try something, <clears throat> excuse me, and you do something, then you realize, oh, this is not what I thought. Or this yeah. doesn't really fit with me or my personality or mesh the way that I thought it would be. But the, mm-hmm. the final thing that I want to say in that space is that there is work involved with everything, though. Yeah. A lot of us, I think, we look at these Instagram lifestyles and we think that it's all play <clears throat> and it's all pretty. Mm-hmm. But there's going to be some hard work. There's going to be some challenges. There'll be some learning curves. There'll be some bumps along the way. Um, and I've been through it myself. Mm-hmm. I didn't just stumble upon podcasting like, oh, this is the best thing ever. Like I said, I hosted workshops. Um, I did um, brunch series. I did all these different things trying to find my footing and what was the best way for me to connect with the audience that I knew was already there for me. So you have to sometimes just venture out and figure out what works for you, but don't be discouraged if something that you thought would work just does not work. Yeah. You have to do the legwork and pay your dues in whatever field it is. And something else that I think is interesting too, and, and something that can be very helpful is finding a mentor. And a lot of times it could be a mentor in your mind. You know, you don't have to literally connect with the person directly, but if there is someone doing something that you find to be interesting and that you think you would enjoy doing, watch their moves. You know, how are they maneuvering and, and find out, you know, like you said, Zane was hosting a workshop. You know, if this is someone that you aspire to be like, or you think you would like to be like, are they hosting a workshop somewhere? Can you attend and and learn and, and study under them in some way, shape or form? Did they write a book? Go pick it up and read it. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. That, that could offer you insight into what you think you might be interested in. And if you have access to people directly, then, you know, reach out to them, ask them about their journey, see if they've been on a podcast, take a listen, you know, Mm -hmm. hear them share some of the the wealth of their knowledge. Because if you can be the beneficiary of someone else's experiences, you should, you know, you can learn from their mistakes so you don't have to make them yourself. Right. And there's a lot to be said about just doing the research and Mm -hmm. the legwork and being resourceful so that you can get the answers that you're looking for. And you'll also find that with online marketing and online entrepreneurs, there are a lot of people that you might look up to who now have resources and things available to you Mm -hmm. so that it can further your connection with what it is they might be doing. I just actually watched um, a a quick snippet because the audio and video was just doing crazy wonky things, but Facebook Live, um, Ayala Van Zandt did a Facebook Live yesterday. And the snippet that I did see, she was she was very encouraging. And she was also talking about some workbook 
that you could purchase from her. And she kind of held it up. And granted, I know this is not how it will come if you buy it from her, but it, it looked like sheets of paper that she had printed and she kind of picked it up and kind of waved it around. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh, okay. And it kind of said mm-hmm. something to me. It was like, look, if a young Van Zandt who has a show that's a regular show on own network with Oprah, mm-hmm. if she's out here peddling her knowledge in this way, Mm-hmm. everybody should be and yeah. and not to say that everybody isn't but she is the whole point right. is that she is so if you aspire to be someone like her maybe you go pick up her workbook maybe you check out like you said Lonnie if she's been on some podcasts listen to some interviews and things that she's done because the way that things are set up for us now a lot more things are accessible so we just yes. need to take advantage of it absolutely And now speaking of Iyanla Van Zant and you watching her Facebook Live, who is someone who you would love to have the opportunity to interview and kind of get some more insight into their journey? Oh, gosh. Someone that I would love to interview. um, That's a good question, but it's also a very hard question. Because um, I'm not, I've never been one of those people who has like favorites. Um, mm-hmm. Like, there, so there isn't this one woman that I'm like, oh my gosh, she's my goddess. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> she's my hero. But mm-hmm. I, I did just say that, and I've never said this before, mm-hmm. but about anybody, but mm-hmm. I just said this. So I think I'd have to go with my girl, Eve. I okay. said, I just told um, someone, I said, Eve is life goals. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> because Eve went from, and I say this in love, she <laughs> went from um, a, a very hood place. Mm-hmm. You know, her presentation with everything was oh, raw. Rock. It was, yeah, it was rock. raw. It was rock, raw. Rock edges. Exactly. It was gritty. Um, it was in your face, but that's what she knew. So she used what she knew. And that's a testament for all of us. Use what you know to get you where you need to be. You know, and as you learn better, you do better. So mm-hmm. she went from that space to then pivoting and having her own television show, which ran for a number of years. I remember I used to watch it. You know, it was a good show. For that one. Yeah, she (laughs) had a TV show. She actually had a TV show that had multiple seasons. And she was was a good actress on it too. Like, it was a good show. Um, Mm -hmm. It was entertaining. It was in the the vein of like a, um, a... a girlfriend's type of okay. show. I, was, now that you're saying it, it's vaguely coming back to me. Yeah, people people really forget that she did that show. But the main thing is, look at her now. When they announce the newest host, co-host, let's say, on the talk, mm-hmm. I would have never bet <laughs> right. money that it would have been Eve. Right, she, that she was even in the running. Yes, but now she is sitting at that table like she is supposed to be there. And you know why? Because she is supposed to be there. She has mm-hmm. made such moves in her career that um, set her up for this. Yeah. Now, we might not have known that she was angling for something like this, but she knew it. She mm-hmm. knew her potential. She knew what her, um, what her aspirations were. So she, to me, is somebody that I would love to interview just to discuss her journey 
her obviously her switch pivot or quit moments, her thought process behind things, her um, ambition. So she's somebody that I, I, if I had to say somebody I would want to interview, I think it would definitely have to be Eve. Mm-hmm. And then let's not forget to mention, I would have never put her with her now billionaire husband either. Okay, I would have never yes. thought that. I was going to leave that out, but yes. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so you just never know. What's right, going on, you right, know? right, right. And my goal is to own a flat in London one day. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not mad at that aspect of her life either. Yes. Okay. That I wasn't expecting you to go there with who you would want to interview, but that's yeah. very interesting. All your reasons are totally legitimate. Like, you know, <laughs> yes, that was quite the, the pivot from mm-hmm. our perspective, but right. Eve might have knew all along that that was her trajectory. Like, this yeah. is what I'm going to be doing in mm-hmm. a couple of years. Y'all just sit back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it's just so interesting, like the stories that you hear and even sharing your own story. Do you sometimes sit and be like, man, I've kind of done a lot of different things. You know, <laughs> like I did this, I did this. Yeah. You know? But when you're going through the motions, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm just trotting along doing this. <laughs> but when you start telling people about it, like, I did this, and then I did this, and then I did that. Do you ever have that moment? I do. I do. And <clears throat> quite honestly, today, I just I just wrote this down, and, um, and I'm just going to go ahead and share it with you guys. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> So when I first started the podcast, I thought that I discounted my journey in the sense that I did not start it to tell my story. I started it to tell other people's stories. But I realized from listener feedback and inquiries and stuff that people also wanted to know my story and they were curious about what I had to say and what I thought about different things. Now, when I left the PR space, I said deuces, wasn't worried about it, don't need to work in PR ever again in life. But what I also just recently realized is that those skills and that knowledge will never leave me. Yeah. And it's, it's an expertise that I developed that it's okay if I tap into it. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I put out um, some coursework and like workbook material uh, through Teachable. So uh, if you go to the switchpivotorquit.com website, you can go to resources and you can purchase this PR course, which gives you a rundown and gives you an insight and intro into the world of PR because there's a lot of misconceptions about PR now, especially when you add things like blogging into the mix. Mm -hmm. So what I realized and what I wrote down this morning was have my four P's. So it's publicity, publishing, personal development, and podcasting. Those are things that I know an extensive amount about. And I can speak to with authority. And I should also be sharing that with my audience. So right now, there's different, um, there's the, the, the PR element of things, the publicity element of things that's available in the resource space. And there's personal development because there's a plot twist journal. But the podcasting is coming and the publishing is coming. So I'm going to develop two courses on, on those things as well. And for me, I thought like, 
oh, you know, I just kind of got to stay in this one lane and do this one thing and just mm-hmm. give them podcasting and, and information and insight. But I had to realize that for people that are looking to make a switch pivot or quit, some mm-hmm. of this information could be very useful for them. If somebody yeah. is looking to write a book, whether it be traditionally published or self-publishing, my expertise and knowledge from the publishing industry could be of, of help to them and a resource yeah. to them. So I had to realize this, but um, that's, that's my, like, my new revelation for myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love it. And when I ask you, you know, what's the process when deciding to make a switch, pivot, or quit, you should have been referencing your resource. This is true. <laughs> this is Your true. Work. Yes, yes, exactly, exactly. I should have. <laughs> yeah. So now people know they can go to the website, switchpivotorquit.com, and go to resources, correct? Exactly. For your, for your workbook. Okay. Yes. Perfect. I love, love, love that. Okay, so I've held you for quite some time now. I'm going to get to wrapping this up. It's been so wonderful talking to you, but I like to ask some quick little questions towards the end that kind of give people a little insight into your personality and things that you do outside of your professional stuff. Your sure. Okay. <laughs> um, so I won't ask too many personal questions. Okay. <laughs> um, what's your favorite way to waste time? Uh, I have to say watching crime dramas. Oh, crime dramas. Yeah. I love a good murder mystery. I'm all about it. I'm so bad that I'll even watch international ones with subtitles and all. Yeah. Okay. Well, Nancy <laughs> Drew. All right. right. <laughs> <laughs> What's something you wish you were better at? Oh, gosh. I wish I was better at um, singing. <laughs> I wish I could sing. <laughs> Who's your singing inspo? Who you want to sing like? Um, <laughs> you know what? I'll take, I'll take a, um, I'll take a Beyonce. I'll take a okay. Beyonce. And you know what? I'll take a Beyonce because I think a lot of people hate on her singing voice. They say she doesn't have the strongest singing voice, but mm-hmm. I feel like she gets the job done. Yes, she does. Clearly. You know? So, <laughs> yeah. So I'll take a Beyonce. <laughs> Among your family and friends, what are you most known for? Being outspoken. Okay. Running my mouth. Um, <laughs> they say I'm bossy, all these things. And now I just own it because I'm mm-hmm. like, you know what? It helps me get done what I need to get done. And you guys may say I'm bossy, but when no one else wants to speak up or take initiative or take charge, everybody looks at me and I get it done. Mm-hmm. Hello. Hello. <laughs> so. <laughs> so that's a great question to come in, uh, come after with this one. If you had intro music playing every time that you walked into a room, what song <laughs> would it be and why? <laughs> um, you know, I know you know what song it is already. You don't even have to think. Just you know what? <laughs> I, when you started asking that question and I do, if you, if you would have asked me this yesterday, I can't say that I would have thought that this would be my answer, but this is going to be my answer because it's just my natural what came into my mind. Uh-huh. As you were talking, I envisioned, I'm every woman. <laughs> I told you I can't sing, but that's exactly what I envisioned. You know why? Because I think that a lot of times we discount who we are and what we do and what we bring to the table. And like you just said earlier, sometimes we don't realize how much we've accomplished, achieved, and done 
So I think mm-hmm. that for me would really put me in a place to say, you know what? I'm going to own everything that is me. You know what I mean? And everything that I've done and who I am as a woman and a person and my growth and all of that. So I think that would be my theme song. Yes. (laughs) Shaka Khan. Can we? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Uh, It has been such a pleasure talking to you. Um, Likewise. Where can people find you? Social media, website, all of that good stuff. How can they get in contact? So switchpivoterquit.com, as we mentioned, you can find all things Switch Pivot or Quit and all things me really on that platform. On Instagram, the handle is Switch Pivot or Quit. On Twitter, it's SPQ Podcast. Facebook, Switch Pivot or Quit. Um, all of these links are at switchpivoterquit.com. And then on the podcast, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or Blog Talk Radio backslash Switch Pivot or Quit. Thank you so very much for listening to the Lonnie Swain Show podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on iTunes. And of course, sharing is caring. So if you know someone you think might enjoy this podcast, please pass it along. Until next time, go where you are celebrated and appreciated, not just tolerated. Have a wonderful day. I'll talk to you soon.